0: This year, I believe uh, 2021 is going to be great, and 2020, with all its challenges, had some great wins in it. Um, And so, I'm really excited to see what God is going to do. But as we enter in this, we we see in the gospel today, we see even in the Old Testament reading that you can trust God. And I think sometimes when we get into various circumstances and various times we have to be reminded that you can trust God. I think in this, in this room, we'd be, I, I say, hey, can you trust God? You're like, oh yeah, sure. But the reality is, is we go out these doors and sometimes we face things that seem menial, even the little things. You know, you're, you blow out a tire. I hope that doesn't happen to anybody. But you know, you can trust God for that too. Now, when I was a young child, Some of you think I still am. God bless you. But anyway, when I was a young child, my dad wanted to teach me how to swim. And my grandparents lived uh, a couple streets up from us. And I was born in Santa Cruz. Don't hold that against me. Um, A beautiful Santa Cruz. I love the ocean. But Santa Cruz, as many of you know, is a little bit strange. And so we escaped in 77 before it got even crazier than it is now. But I spent that life there. And my my parents uh, took me up to my grandparents. And they had a pool. And it was a big, those big above ground pools. They had built a deck around it. Um, and I remember this day, I think I was barely two years old. Um, and my dad unpacked these little orange cuffs that were flat, right, out of, out of a plastic bag. And he started shimmering them over my arm. And then, you know, before I knew it... He started blowing in the little valve on the arm right next to me, and he blew, and he blew, and I thought my arm was going to fall off. But then I realized later it was just preparing us to have our blood pressure checked, right? I mean, that's really what was going on. But my dad placed, you know, he blew these things, and, I, and there's a fine line, by the way, between it being able so your the little cuff flotation device doesn't fall off your arm and your arm circulation being cut off and you lose your arm. There's a fine line. I'm pretty sure my dad kind of went a little too far a couple times. And he goes, well, yeah, anyway, my dad was, he is still a great man. But. but now what proceeded was the same for both arms, right? He did this on both arms. And so right now I look like this little buff bond, blonde bodybuilder. I, I was blonde. I did have hair and I was a blonde. What do they call those? Toeheads? I never understood that. But I was a toehead for many years of my life. Suddenly, my dad dove into the pool and left me all alone on the edge. He came up out of the water and he turned towards me, stretched out his arms, and he said, okay, now jump in. Now, I don't remember hesitating because I'm not that smart and I'm a little crazy, but I, I don't remember hesitating. But what I do remember is knowing that my dad was there for me. I knew he was trustworthy, and he always made sure to take care of me and to make sure that I was safe. Even as a young child, I knew these things to be true. Now, many of you have similar stories, and, and now some of you have, have ideas for how to torture. I mean, help your kids learn to swim, right? But that's how I learned to swim. Jump in. Jump. See what happens. Now, in our gospel account this morning, we continue in the young life of Jesus. Herod was, was mad furious, it says, and he was threatened. So he called for all the male children under two years old to be killed. He was not a nice guy. You know, Herod, by the way, don't name your kid Herod. I mean, if you're mad at them and they're acting like a fool, then you can call him Herod. But no, just kidding. God God warned Joseph to flee to Egypt, we read. Now time passed and Herod passed, right? Even the dead. Or the evil die. But Joseph was told to head back to the land of Israel. Now, as Joseph's heading back, he was concerned because word came to him that the son of Herod took the throne. So he's a little concerned about that. I could see that because usually the sons are worse than the dads, right? I mean, when you look at the history of the kings and things like that, the, the, usually the sons are just, oh, yeah, dad? Well, I'm going to go here 2.0. Let's go, right? I mean, that's kind of the, the idea. Of course, now we have USBs that are, um, we're going to four now, aren't we? Yeah, so, I mean, your old USBs don't work anymore. And, anyway, but... God sent Mary and Joseph to Nazareth, fulfilling the prophecy that the Messiah would be despised lowly and come from low estate. Because Nazareth was n- nobody like Nazareth, you know. We don't really, do we have a place like that around here? Rush Limbaugh used to call Rio Linda all the time, kind of be a good Nazareth, but do we have any, like, stinking place around here that nobody wants to be from? Don't say Pocatello, because I love Pocatello. Maybe if you're Boise, I guess you're Anyway, what, <laughs> Rigby? Television was invented there. Come on now. Anyway, <laughs> there, but just think of that. Yeah. But I think we can, for this moment, look in the life of Joseph and Mary, and maybe we can relate to them. Now, okay, I know we not, might not be in fear of your child being killed. Maybe some of you have gone through a child who's had cancer or been really ill, um, and you've had to deal with that, but we might be in fear of how we can continue in our current state. If we haven't had to face fear this year... This past year, because we're only three days into this year, right? But fear was a big thing, right? This last year, I think I think that that um, the unknown caused a lot of great fear. The the reaction to everything that was going on caused anxiety and fear within all of us. And it took time for us to be worn down and say, wait a second, how do I sift through all of this? It could have been the loss of a job. Maybe you've had the loss of a loved one, financial hardship, relationship conflict, and the instability of this life. All these things can cause us to need direction from the Lord. So how do we overcome these moments and seasons of our life that seem so insecure? Well, I'm glad you asked. The answer is to recall the faithfulness of God. I am sure that Joseph and Mary had to lean upon the past experience of how God had provided for them, but they also listened to God. And I think one of the things we can take away from this scripture and and just listening to, to how the whole story of Jesus, where Joseph and Mary listened to God, that we need to keep ourselves in a place where we can listen to God. I think it's important for us to gather together for that very purpose. You set aside the time, and I hope you come with expectation to listen to what God has for you today. To be rejuvenated, to be reminded, to be restored. Any other reword you can figure out that that fits, right? That you're here to be ready to go out and encouraged in your faith. You can find the faithfulness of God recounted through Scripture, right? We can look throughout Scripture. And and sometimes it's easy for us to disconnect. Well, yeah, those were those people, right? That person was a saint. Of course God was faithful to them. But you can also find strength when we gather together. You can also find strength when you take the time to recall the faithfulness of God. One of the things we see constantly in Scripture that Jesus gave us as an example, that He was grateful He always gave thanks. And we're told in the New Testament with all the the epistles to the churches to give thanks, rejoice, be a thankful people. Maybe 2020, 2021. No, wait, how old are we now? Maybe 2021 needs to be the year of gratefulness. But I would challenge us when we gather together that we would have the intention and the desire to bolster one another's faith. You encourage me, I hope I can encourage you. You can encourage somebody else. Sometimes not even by any, you know, some people, oh, I've got to have a word of wisdom and encouragement for them. No, how about a smile? How about just being excited that you're here? That encourages one another. The problem that we often inco- encounter is ourselves and are our continually vain striving to solve our problems with our limited understanding. Yeah, we might come to church looking for an answer, but we tell everybody else that we're fine. We often find ourselves tempted to trust in our own understanding when God explains this. What does he explain? That we are to trust in the Lord with all our heart. Lean not on our own understanding. Joseph did not lean on his own understanding. I mean, he was a little concerned, right? When he, the, the word see is fear there, that he, when he found out that Herod's son had taken his place. That's not necessarily a lack of faith because then he was being warned in a dream. Why? Because that caused him to listen. To God to say, hey, you need to go this way so that Scripture might be fulfilled. He didn't say that Joseph, but he got Matthew. But lean not on your own understanding. Boy, if this last year hasn't given you an opportunity to not lean on your own understanding, I don't know what it's going to take because I don't understand anything. I mean, how many times uh, did we sit in elders' meetings or, or via email or Zoom. Hey, we need to kind of, well, you know, this is what we need to do. And then someone say, well, that's what we can do today. But we don't know what it's going to look like tomorrow, right? And so you're trying to make plans and, and, and you can't. You just can't. So consider this for a moment. The plan of God to redeem mankind to himself was through Jesus, right? We celebrate Christmas because salvation has come. Jesus was with Joseph and Mary so they were assured that God would guide and protect them for the sake of Jesus, right? Because the plan of God will not be thwarted in Jesus Christ. Jesus was with them. So I think we can make a connection, least I hope you do. Jesus is with you. He is with us. And it is for his sake that we can rest in the confidence that God is with us. Remember what the angel said to to. Mary, rejoice, O highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Remember, we need to be reminded that the Lord is with us. And we can rest in the confidence that he is guiding and directing our steps as he protects his faithful covenant to you in Christ. We also need to remember that Jesus is our advocate who always lives to make intercession for us. He's always living to sit between us and the Father and say, I've got these guys. He's protecting us. We can hold on to the truth that no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man because God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And just remember and recognize you are not alone. You are not only the only one that has had to deal with the feelings of depression, feelings of anger, loneliness and despair. You are not the only one who wrestles with the desires of lust, material gain and power. You are not the only one that deals with vanity. You are not the only one that wants themselves to look better than they do today. That thinks that they have to be something that they're not. You are not the only one that feels like a failure and that you need to fix your reputation so that people think more highly of you. God understands, and He will be your strength, your refuge, and your escape. You can trust God always. Many people have struggled with the fear of the unknown, the fear of the pandemic, the fear of financial ruin, and the fear of what 2021 has for us. Please know that simply because 2020 is behind us, does not mean that 2021 is going to be roses and champagne, right? It doesn't mean that. We need to remember that Jesus promised that we would have trouble in this world. Oh, how nice. But then he says, fear not, because he has overcome the world. Oh, good. So when we put our trust in the world and we lean on our own understanding, we find fear and anxiety and failure. But when we put our trust in the Lord and lean not on what we see and what we understand, we know that we are more than conquerors through Christ. Jesus says, don't fear, believe in me. Now listen, it's not wrong to fear, but it's not from God. And fear will only lead you to a place where you probably will end up sinning. Fear of the future, fear of your circumstances, and fear of your life is not from the Lord. And I love how God has set things up because he doesn't make it difficult. We're the ones that complicate everything. But, you know, he says, you know, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if I feel condemned, that's not from the Lord because I'm in Christ Jesus. So that means I can reject that thought. Easier said than done. In John 4.18 clearly explains that there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. God is love. Jesus is God. And our life is hidden, Jesus. If God is love and Jesus is God, that means Jesus is love. And our life is hidden there, which means there is no fear in trusting in Christ and being in Christ. We need not fear. We do not fear because our greatest need has been accomplished in Christ who raised us to newness of life. We who were once dead are now alive in Christ. Listen to Ephesians 2, 1-10. through 10. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the courses of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, by the way, if you ever bored, take a look in scripture at that phrase, but God. And there's always this contrast of how horrible things are, but God. And it's how beautiful it is with him. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. By the way, that's where you are now. If you're in Christ, you are seated in Christ in the heavenly places. You are a citizen of heaven so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. Thank goodness. It is the gift of God. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship. Workmanship is a work of art masterpiece. Poema is the word there. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God is calling each one of us to walk in the good works that he has prepared for us to walk in. Even in 2021, we praise the Lord that he has not left us to ourselves, but has provided the cure for our wayward souls. He has called us to pray and draw strength from the spirit that we might boldly practice our faith and proclaim the favor of the Lord to others. Now, all this seems a little bit scary, but just remember that his love casts out our fears. If you are fearing, it's an opportunity for you to trust in the Lord. It's an opportunity for you to receive the wonderful love that the Lord has for you. And it's great when we gather together, when we talk with one another, if you're like, ooh, I'm really anxious about this, or I'm really struggling with this, I really don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. It's a great opportunity for you to say, yes, I know, but God, rich in mercy, loves, and His love will cast out fear. Please receive the love of God. You can always trust God. I believe that God is always desiring us to trust Him more. Those of you who have walked with God for some time, you see that He's always stretching you to trust Him more. I'm more trustworthy than you ever imagined, He often tells me. He uses the circumstances, the trials and the tribulations of our lives to draw us to a depth of trust that we could not have learned any other way. I trusted my dad when I jumped in that pool, but I trusted him more after the fact great confidence we approach his throne, the throne of grace, to receive mercy and strength for every moment of every day, casting all our cares on him, for he cares for us. Now may we be a people that long for increased faith and trust in God. May we realize that God is more trustworthy than you ever imagined. We would draw one another to realize that. His trustworthiness, by the way, is not moved by your failures. It's not moved by your inadequacies. It's not moved by your fear or by your lack of belief. His trustworthiness remains. Whether I was confident in my dad or not, he was not going to fail me when I jumped in that pool. And whether or not I jumped in the the pool with trepidation, fear, or unbelief, my dad wasn't dependent upon me. He knew that he could catch me and he could hold me. And he was sure that he could take care of me. So, how much more trustworthy is our wonderful God? So, let's take a moment and reflect. Maybe we're lacking in faith today. I was on it. Maybe we probably are, some of us, in different aspects of our life. Maybe we're worried about the future. Maybe we just need to breathe. And God wants you to know how great His love is for you today. He wants to know how merciful He is for you today. He wants you to be able to, to rest today in the finished work of Jesus Christ, the gift of God. So let's take a moment and reflect upon that.